Welcome to the Real Estate Guru 254 podcast. Today's episode is really just going to be a supplement, a supplementary conversation as we begin to speak uh, more now about other issues in the real estate market and more specifically to do with housing. Today, I am joined not really in studio. We're actually doing this on a platform called Zencaster. It's a fairly new thing for us and we're trying to do a lot of our recordings remotely so we're using Zencaster to actually do this recording so I'm, jo- I'm joined virtually even though we're going to be recording together I'm joined virtually by a good friend uh, by the name uh, George M. Okari. George likes to introduce himself as Master Craftsman OMG. George is with me and I'm just going to give him a moment to introduce himself introduce the subject of our conversation today very briefly george take it on thank you so much david it's my pleasure my name is george m okari i have been in the building engineering space for a period of about 29 years and uh, i did bit of office work but much of my life has been specifically in the field and being in the field you get a lot of what I uh, I normally refer to the hands-on uh, skills. So I'm very, very happy and excited to be on this platform, to be able to introduce uh, a symposium named uh, Build Before Build, which we are looking forward to have. And uh, we are inviting quite a number of uh, guests to be able to come and benefit out of uh, the Build Before Build uh, Housing Symposium. Ah, perfect. 29 years in an industry uh, is a long period of time. I think it qualifies you to speak authoritatively on, on certain matters. And maybe just for the benefit of those who may be listening in on this podcast and obviously for posterity you might want to tell us a little bit about um, who and what build before build is all about i am personally going to be moderating this event and of course i know uh, much about it but this is really a conversation for the benefit of our audience and we really want to understand why are we talking about build before build so what is the um, guiding philosophy really behind uh, Build Before Build? Build Before Build uh, is an idea that has been built uh, in form. Uh, many of us that have dreams about uh, owning houses or living in houses as a real big dream. But many times you find that many of us have not really dreamt it as an original idea. Many, many people have dreamt to own houses through the copy-paste, as I would call it, because it's influenced by friends and the like. But from where I sit, I strongly believe that owning a home or owning a house should be a, a dream that must come from the bottom of the heart and not really influenced by the people uh, around us. And then now, what we are also looking at is uh, how do we ring fence the stakeholders in this industry for the purposes of informing, uh, sharing knowledge so that everybody else gets to understand the clear role of uh, the many, many players who are in the construction space. So for me, I specifically feel and strongly believe that uh, Housing is not a matter that just can be handled by word of mouth, but it's something that people need to have to be equipped with some reasonable knowledge for them to be able to start their project with at least some reasonable basic knowledge in housing. So we will be going through 
presumably will be uh, going through the the process by which people get to actually construct their own homes george yes um many times david you've realized that uh, many people would just walk and just ask you like uh, how much would a two-bedroom house cost you know and that back becomes a very surprising question because that is not a question that can be, uh, can be able to be answered directly because the whole process of construction starts from the dream and this and then the dream must be anchored on a well thought process then you are able to take it to the second level that you share it with a professional who is able to quickly in your dream into some draft or to some sketch and more especially if you're going to do this in a bigger space then actually many times you would even be forced to be able to dream into a master plan because if the the piece of land where you want to build your home is more than the acreage where your house is going to sit on then definitely you might want to relate many because there are many other activities that would go around that kind of space so then the master plan also becomes key whereby now you're able to apart from the the, the house or the home you want a particular space you'd really want it also to to orient and relate nicely with many other events or activities happen around that house so somebody just asking how much a two bedroom house would uh, would cost uh, becomes extremely shocking for, for 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 this era where we are living because again once this has been interpreted in the, the drafted then you, you somebody gets back to you and be able to share the draft of what you 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 had as a dream and then we have that, that that is purely done by the architects the architects are the people who are the first encounter consultants that you get to do this is a design stage yes a design stage so design is actually just trying to interpret your dream into the paper so then the paper draft gets back to you you're able just to see whether the architect has been able to exactly capture the, 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 the your real dream once that is in agreement then the architect also calls in a structural engineer who is now able to reinforce the architectural design into now the real strength because the, the structural engineer looks at the architectural space then we bring in the electrical and mechanical uh, components in the building that now shows where power points and all manner of uh, power lines and systems that are going to be we also have the, the, the designer around mechanical works and under mechanical works we are talking about the plumbing works the sewer system both internal and external uh, and when all these has been done by the, the electrical engineer the mechanical engineer uh, finally once the flow and everything else is in place strength is in place then the dream has got the cost implication then this is when now we bring in the qs the qs is now able to cost your dream so just asking a direct question how much a two bedroom as a house would cost just would would really be something that would not really asked in the street yes definitely. it's a very abstract question to to ask because there's no uh way to even understand when the person who asks the question asks that question there's no way for you to understand issues around what the size of the house is what Absolutely. the design of the house is in terms of whether it's going to be a single floor like a, whether it's going to be a, a maisonette or a, a bungalow 
there's no way for you to actually give them a comprehensive answer and i found george maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong but i have actually found that our market is not um well sensitized or highly aware and i'm sp- i'm speaking especially about um the market segment that approaches you the way you have described saying i want to build uh, tell me how much it costs to build a two-bedroom house i find that they are not highly aware of the home construction process maybe they don't even understand that the county governments actually require you to go through an approvals process so this is fundamentally you know what build before build is about then so i wanted to ask the question to a home builder uh, what would be the value of the information then that they're actually getting at this symposium? Uh, thanks, David. And the value of understanding the process, uh, like uh, just mentioning the, the process up to design and cost, then the, the approval process starts and all. That makes the client to be able to, to get the real process. Because once he's able to be informed of the process, once he's able to understand the, the process and gets to understand who plays which role in that particular space, then he can easily be able to assign the right professionals to be able to do the whole process of his. Once he's able to understand the, the cost of who is supposed to cost, I mean, how much it costs to engage a particular person. So then that now is able to create the comparative st- the scenario of uh, we you you know approximately how much it costs and you understand the process then you are left now to go around and shop for the best uh, affordable services that uh, are in the market so that information i still repeat is really important for 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 the the home builder to be equipped with that knowledge not just being told by a neighbor or a friend who has done a project in the past and many of them from experience i know they are not extremely sincere on how the projects went some of them shy off to to tell to share with friends the real details of what they want because some of them find it extremely traumatizing when you start doing a project and you have no basic knowledge what the process is all about george interestingly i encounter this a lot in the market where there are people who say we can dispense with ideas old with things or let me say the established way of doing things where we go hire an architect we get our project properly costed we get the full details whether that involves electrical infrastructure to get all the plans put together we actually do the approvals as we should i find that a lot of people george want to circumnavigate or they want to go extraneously outside of this process to just put and do construction uh, without necessarily having a plan in fact i know that on the streets of nairobi for example you can purchase uh, drawing plans there are a lot of uh, street vendors who sell and i've inquired i know those books cost about 500 now why is it that we find that and, and maybe i want you to answer two parts of, of one question why is it that in our culture we're finding that people are moving more and more in that direction where they want to go outside of process number one and number two why is it very important then that they understand why they should follow due process in in terms of what you experience in the industry do you see that a lot of people either go wrong or make mistakes they fall they go outside of due process what is your own experience 
now and that is exactly uh what we are doing people have made these mistakes because of lack of knowledge it's purely lack of knowledge that makes be, uh, people do things the way they are doing that because I beg uh, about that. Go on. <laughs> yeah because some people would think if you if you looked at the cost of engaging uh, an architect in design and structural engineer accuers and all that of course in the market we have rates they are paid up to about six percent of the total cost of the, the project but again uh, when you look at for example if you used an example of a, a project costing 10 million when you're talking about six percent i mean look at six percent vis-a-vis 94 percent of what the project is gonna cost and you'll be able to get a well-designed project quality assurance uh, supervisory and you're well guided on exactly what you're going to do but and, and and that's where you see some friends have said i walked into the streets and picked a plan and i was able to do a project but many of them if they were sincere to come and share and uh, share the truth is that uh, that is not even the, the house they would have wanted to own because they come to realize the sizes of those rooms are too small or the orientation is totally wrong the sizes of the windows i mean and 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 then you see once you don't have the designs done there is no particular professional who is following up on what you are doing so it's just it, it, it's left between you and that fundi that you are using it's between you and the fundi and then sometimes we also have issues of 80 to 84 percent of our fundies are informally trained so once you get into that mix uh, because the select the way the method you are still going to use to select on who is good that the fund you're going to engage in your work is somebody is a referral still from the same friend who has encouraged you to to avoid the the, the professional course but how many and, and then once the product doesn't have coming out as as, as, as expected or as what you wanted and you have no way to control it because it has to get finished because starting to demolish makes it even more complex because you have no reference you don't have anybody who is able to guide you on how to make the difference you you, would, you wouldn't have the cost of that house in the streets because if you are buying a home drawing in the streets at 500 shillings what i mean how does 500 shillings how much was spent to design how much was spent to print that how much was used to to, to put all that content together it, it, it it's a, it's unbelievable it it doesn't make any sense george you know you don't you, you don't need to make that argument to me actually uh <laughs> I, I i see a lot of the things that people do you're placing this uh, at the of you know you're placing blame at the feet of uh, lack of knowledge but i also generally tend to think that there are other factors one of the factors i think and let's be uh, very candid is that i think a lot of people either because of their desire to save cost that being one factor they are happy to avoid doing even the the things that they know matter because i think we have we have evolved as a society into one where we like to take the shorter route to get uh, wherever we want to go fast. And I think that has actually uh, permeated almost every facet of our, our life. You know, I've observed that many prospective home builders, uh, people who want to own uh, homes, tend to have a very high uh, sensitive to price. In fact, let me just say in my own limited experience, I find people approach the home construction question, as you have said, with a very fixed 
uh, mind around cost. Uh, so how much would how much would it cost to build X? X being uh, maybe a two bedroom house or a three bedroom house. Then you know their thinking tends to be informed by an undisclosed budget. Whatever desired outcome they want, they want it to fit within this undisclosed uh, budget. But I think many of them don't ever seem think about the actual details of the house. Um, if you ask them about, say, the design, drawings, bill of quantities for the house they propose to build, they will neither, you know, they'll not have any of those. They may be completely unaware of even any formalities they ought to have undertaken before they actually throw themselves, they thrust themselves into the home construction. So is it that, George, really that we are completely uninformed as you perhaps suggest, or is it that we simply don't know how to engage with the construction industry? What, what do you think can be done to improve those outcomes? And, and maybe more specifically, you could also speak to how Build Before Build uh, Symposium intends to address some of those questions. David, I would, I would, I would, I would tell you that uh, when we talked, when we talk about saving, how do you save without knowing the exact cost? Just let, let, let make me understand, because <laughs> you, you, you can only. <laughs> how do you start imagining of saving? You must know the real cost of a, of a product or anything that you're doing. How do you know that you're saving when you exactly don't know the price? Yeah. Because, I mean, what is this saving that you talk about without knowing the exact cost? And that is why I will still tell you that if you understood the process, then the saving will become, because you have a comparative document, you have something to refer to to be able to save. And that is why, like, you, you've seen uh, in, the, in, the, in our Build Before Build uh, Symposium, there, there is even the, the issue of alternative uh, building technology. So if yeah. the design was in the conventional materials, then you, you are able now to go out there do the comparative scenario that what would I bring in into this building so that I'm able yeah. to make a saving. But when you start telling people that you want to save by not understanding the cost, then I would really want you, David, to make me understand how this happens. And that is why in the build before build uh, scenario, we want to yeah. come and uh, bring panelists yeah. who are professionals and uh, economic uh, economists who are able to add up things on how uh, it should really what it should really cost before you start talking about savings let's yeah. get to understand the, the, the whole process because it's understanding the process that will exactly make you understand the cost before you start doing yeah. the imaginary copy paste uh, savings that people are saying by by, by by word of mouth and in the panelists we also have a uh, the Q and A, you're able to ask questions, and there are people who will be able to give you the right answer. And if you are not satisfied, you're not satisfied with the kind of answers that you're being given, you can also be able to make reference, or you can also inquire from uh, similar experts to be able to to be able to understand exactly what that means. And then here comes the manufacturer, because there is also the other story of uh, the product. Uh, a friend tells you it's more economical to use a particular product vis-a-vis -vis, uh, another. But again, we are now in the, 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 the Build Before Builds uh, Symposium. We want to invite the, the, the manufacturer or the agent or the supplier to be able to break down how much this product costs. Because there are products sometimes you are told the cost without transport. There are products you are always told the, 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 the fact 
factory serving flies. You know, th th then let the, the, the manufacturer come and be able to make us really understand the real uh, piece price, and then maybe plus transport or minus transport or plus VAT. I mean, these details are important so that uh, the savings will now start making a lot of uh, logic. Yeah, you know, savings is is generally speaking, it is it is a function of uh, cost. So we we can only determine what we are saving if we know whether we are paying the right price, and also if we know whether we are actually paying a fair price because. I actually find that in the market that that's not a conversation that is often had. What people expect of those now, George, you'll assist me. I don't know whether to call them emerging uh, home construction technology, alternative home construction technologies, or maybe even non-traditional. We want to first understand what. Okay, let's remove cost uh, per se out of the conversation. What are, what would be the other advantages of using um, these newer or you know alternative building technologies and maybe first of all we should even just answer the question when we talk about conventional build technology what are we talking about exactly let's start from there and then we say what's the alternatives that we're talking about are. Uh, that, that that's a wonderful question to ask and very many people have not been able to really understand uh, what what conventional is what people are used uh what you are were used to as conventional could be an alternative building technology to another place or another region where that kind of what you're using is purely new to that kind of space or anything. So alternative technologies uh, are relate in this way. You see, I would give you an example like uh, if you go to a place like Kinkisi, the conventional way of building houses is using burnt bricks. That is conventional. I know. If you come to Nairobi, you'll find machine cut is conventional. When you go to other areas, uh, you would find different products. Now, every each and every product becomes alternative when it's a product that you are not used to or you do not have a lot of details about. And thirdly, you, you are not uh, sure. You're, you have no enough knowledge to be able to take the risk of using. And this is now the scenario we are bringing Build Before Build uh, uh, Housing Symposium, where each and every product would would be explained into detail so that now for example the, the boq we are able to say let's do now the comparative replacement of machine cut against eps for example so that when the math is done uh, if it's walling if it's the slab then you're able to calculate the whole slab when you are using concrete sand and cement and you compare the same slab when you are using for example, EPS, that is when now you are able to talk about comparative cost, yeah. comparative scenario. So for me, alternative, each and every product is alternative once people have been able to be made to understand the purpose, the location, the distance, where are you getting all these products from and what is the, the, the functions, you know. And that cost element has to be well calculated for the client to be able to understand it. It's, it should not be just by word of mouth. By Because sometimes you've had clients say that I was told that if I use this particular alternative technology, I will make a saving of 40%. So you are like, 
are you saving 40% total cost of the project or you are saving 40% cost of uh, that particular item, item where you are where you're, you're replacing a particular the technology with another. So that is now where we are trying to build before build a symposium. Is able now to have those detailed uh, professional calculations so that somebody is able to dare the manufacturer and the, 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 the contractor, the, the, the builder, that if this is, has been calculated and agreed, so then the client builds the confidence of being able to, to even give this project to somebody by the calculations that are between the, the manufacturer, the professionals, and the client. Yeah. Yes. So that is why for me, alternative, each and every product could be alternative depending on local, local areas or locations where this product is being produced. Because each product will incur transport costs. Yeah. Some product will also... Okay, for example, let me just use the EPS like uh, another, the, 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 as a continuous example. If you are building on top of a hill and you wanted to uh, uh, to use a machine cut against panel, transporting panels to the top of the hill will be simpler because they are lighter and all that. Transporting a piece of stone to the top of the hill would cost you much more on a piece of stone that it would cost you know those are the comparative scenarios we are talking about that must be extremely professional and well exploited for the client to be able to make the choice of the kind of building technology they want to use so then the alternative building technologies that making sense so clearly um maybe just short answer yes or no clearly you would say that there would be some alternative building technologies based on each specific client's individual scenario that may present or offer some cost saving, correct? Yes. Okay. Then we would say um, what possible other advantages that you would you would find. What 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 are some of the other advantages you'd find besides possibly uh, having some cost savings? What other possible advantages would you find in using? Um, building alternative building technologies. Uh, thank you so much, David. Now, the, the other components that clients have never wanted to explore, we have the time element, and that is why I'm talking about there is a project you'd want to do within a particular timeline. So then this is now when you get into wanting to understand what kind of building technology that would enable you to do a project within a restricted period of time. The other element is uh, the, the, the end product, the quality, quality workmanship. What, 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 what do you really want? There are, there, are, there are building technologies that will require some extra other materials to be able to get you the end product. There are others that would need a simpler process to be able to enable you get the quality uh, kind of project. So the major three things I look at in, uh, in, the, in somebody choosing the, the, the building technology that they would want to, to use is basically time, affordability, and quality, the end product of what the client is looking. And there are other smaller factors like environment and all those, but time, affordability, and quality, they are key driving components in that. And then affordability, like I would not want to lose this affordability element. Affordability is basically in relation to personal financial capacity. Affordability does not mean cheap. 
affordability is purely what you can afford, your financial capacity. In fact, George, that was going to be one of the last questions I asked. The phrase, you know, affordable housing, I think which was, you know, popularized a lot, our last uh, regime, big four agenda, you know, seemed, you know, draw some kind of correlation between these new or alternative you know, building technologies, these non-traditional technologies. Uh, they were drawing some kind of correlation with those technologies and low-cost housing. Perhaps as someone who has been in the industry for as long as you have been, you could maybe inform our listeners, those who may be aspiring to become home builders, should they consider all alternative building technologies quote-unquote cheaper than what may be regarded as conventional? Also, maybe you can go ahead and try and deconstruct some of these terminologies for us. Um, I, I personally uh, have used the term low-cost housing with the imagination that those uh, technologies were, were cheaper and not necessarily with the understanding that they were not just going to be uh, cheaper, maybe they were going to be uh, more affordable. And, and as you've said, affordability is relative. Then I want you also, also to deconstruct the term affordable housing for us. And, and when I say affordable housing, I, I want you to tell us also what you understand by social housing. So that would be the third term. So there's low-cost housing, affordable housing, and social housing. As ideas, we just want to understand them a little Now, when we really want to talk about homeowners' big dreams, terms like uh, a low-cost house, it would sound like, why would you dream to build a low-cost house? Mm. Low-cost brings the element of cheap, and maybe not uh, you remove life out of a low-cost house and you also remove prestige out of a low-cost house and you know those are now the ones when 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 somebody you, you're able to say i'm doing a low-cost house so everybody else uh, would would want to associate you with uh, not uh, not having money and that is why I was talking about affordability. Because when you remove prestige out of a house, a home, then definitely you start uh, not really building a home. It's like you're doing a temporary structure, like if I would want to use that kind of a name. Mm. So then when we come to affordability, affordability, like I've ri rightly uh, tried to explain, is is relative and there are three classes that i've always wanted uh, if uh, it was possible for our home builders to be able to stand and it's something that has not been done well in our country but i think moving forward is one very good thing that people should be able to, to address we are looking at what we are calling a habitable habitable housing habitable housing has uh, the key areas that uh, you quickly look at is the house safe is the house healthy health meaning the habitability of that space and that is where we talk about inception to occupants have all factors been considered so that now what a home builder must have in mind is that is the space habit habitable is it uh, safe is it uh, i mean is, is it Habitable is the word I would really insist on because if the house is not habitable, you might spend whatever amount of money, but if, 
if it's not habitable, if it doesn't get into the qualification of habitability, then uh, whatever amount of money that you spent on it does really not make a lot of sense. So for me, affordability, I would cluster them into the three classes. I would want how Kenyans would want to uh, start thinking around um, a standard house, a standard house being described habitable, safe, I mean, having all manner of the habitable uh, features that are required. Then number two, we want to look at uh, a medium high, a medium high uh, kind of housing. Medium high now starts. We are talking it's about like an upgrade from the standard. It, it's an upgrade. It's, it's actually a hybrid. You are just doing. You are improving the standard. And in fact, what are you improving? You are improving. Maybe you are increasing the areas of the sitting room. You are. In, I mean, you 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 are adding some little more money. You can afford more money to have maybe more space. You want uh, a veranda outside. You want there are extras that would come with the cost. That, in, in, that you might not require in a standard house. Then the third class of uh, affordability is the high-end. Uh, somebody who is doing a high-end a high end building, the cost is not an issue. The cost, he, he, he has enough money to be able to do as much extras as they can to differentiate himself from standard and medium-high. You get what I mean? But at the end of the day, three classes... The, the, the common thing is in the three houses is that they are safe, habitable houses. The three houses must have a common issue of uh, quality workmanship must be standard, habitability, and then safety. There, you, you, you enter into a standard house and you enter into a high-end house, the, the, the difference will be features, it would be some particular brands of what uh, would have been used. But everything else must be in the three classes. Everything else must be uh, as functional and cutting across the three classes of the, the, the habitat. Social, yeah. social, social setups, like you say, is whereby people are encouraged to live in villages, in communities, and all that. You know, the capitalist mind is that you want to live in ten acres of land with your own house, and you know. But the social setup is where you are bringing many people together to reduce the uh, cost of construction. You, you, you want to uh, improve lives of people to live in, uh, in, in a better space vis-a-vis uh, -vis the slum life and all that. Then you're bringing many people together to be able to make them enjoy either standard, medium, high. Uh, the scenarios here now for social, actually many times is uh, standard housing, uh, medium, high classes, and with all social amenities that uh, being provided in, a, in one common area, uh, affordable. Yeah, I think also social housing tends to be more uh, targeted at those perhaps that struggle to find uh, housing uh, as an affordable item and they tend to be in the largely underserved population uh, that would be the lower middle class and the, those then would be described really as the urban poor especially so yeah we, we can we can say that it is largely what would say a call an indisputable fact that the vast majority of housing projects undertaken by uh, property developers in, in most urban settlements in our country um, largely target upper middle class dwellers. 
and this seems to be you know largely an issue around affordability as you mentioned but i believe there are also other issues like access to financing um, and possibly other you know economic and uh, social dynamics and of course naturally any developer being as he would be the market uh, to maximize his, uh, financial extraction that's profit you know he would seek those market segments that you know can optimize where his goals can be achieved so his goal is profiting of course he wants to target that social class where he can profit from the most this leaves those in the you know the lower rungs of society the lower rungs of our food chain uh, with fewer options for uh, quality housing uh, and perhaps they are the ones who you know could most benefit from a symposium such as this so my question is what are your ideas around uh, making home ownership uh, more widely accessible uh, especially for those uh, market segments as we have described here that seem to have uh, negligible of options being you know offered to them currently in the market how does a symposium like this uh, bridge for that underserved market segment who you know are more likely to be the ones who would then prefer to also build their own homes since they cannot afford to you know purchase uh, homes in those uh, developer built uh, neighborhoods there is a discussion that uh, maybe would require a longer time to do but i would briefly also want to say that uh, many times when we are told about uh, affordable housing there is one other component that uh, we really need to relook at and uh, rethink uh, which is also called affordable rental housing there is the element of uh, everybody's being a dreamer of owning a house which is a wonderful life. but many times you'll always start from a rental and why we are also very concerned about the occupancy scenario is uh, how do you live well before you own your home and that is why now we are looking at uh, this dreamer who is in a rental space must be able to start understanding how to live well from where they are living just before they they transit into owning their own homes and now this also is a, is, is a discussion around the developer the developer must be able to to also understand that uh, it, it as much as it's it's making money but how do you also create an environment for the, 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 the tenants, the consumers of what you are doing and, 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 and who are knowledgeable, who know? I mean, how many Kenyans uh, would walk into a landlord and ask for an occupancy certificate? So, like you rightly say, a housing, owning a home is capital intensive. You know, like uh, the finances that you're basically saying because it, you really require a, a lot of finance. And now I would really say like uh, in the... The, the biggest beneficiaries of the housing uh, build before build housing so symposium are majorly like these people who have done savings in circles and the like so you take a loan you want to do a home but how informed are you so that you are able now to do the real dream home because this is a money that you've saved for such a long time and so that you don't end up building a house that you again regret living in the, the rest of the other life after having the, the, the hard times of uh, sacrificing to save to build a home. So 
the, 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 the people in the circles are people that would really benefit out of this uh, BB4P symposium because they don't want to put their little money in a house that they would not like to live in or they would miserably feel like uh, their savings have just been uh, they, just been it's just like a waste because living in a space that is not as good as you dreamt and uh, maybe because of copy pasting from a, a neighbor so that knowledge that uh, you require before you put your money so what am i also trying to say is that uh, it's not the money that comes first it's the dream, understand the process. Then finally, it even guides you on how much money you are supposed to look for, for you to be able to, 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 to build a house that will be have timelines, that will have uh, the element of affordability, and then you will be able to get now the end product quality. Because very many people have taken circle loans and uh, they start a project out of copy-paste uh, stories then they get stuck and they have a whole 60 months or more to be able to pay back that painfully and they, 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 the money they've saved for a very long time has just been buried in a foundation and they could not be able to proceed. So that is why I strongly believe that. Uh, and you see, I use the word ring, fencing the stakeholders. We want to see how do all stakeholders and be able to share uh, what effort uh, everybody is making uh, to solve the problem of housing in our country because sometimes you find that uh, it doesn't appear like it's a collective effort there are some areas where you find like uh, people are not uh, clearly uh, solving the housing problem just because of the disjointed uh, information outside here David yeah yeah, um, George, I've, I've really appreciated you coming in to just uh, shed some light on what the symposium is going to be all about. I wanted to make the exception, I think, to this because I am honored to be part of it. Uh, I'm going to be moderating uh, the conversation that will be happening during the event and subsequently thereafter, even as we visit different uh manufacturers and go to sites to actually see what the work that the those technologies can can actually do and really just to get the audience that we will have to stand uh, not just the process but also to understand what opportunities uh, exist in the market and how they can actually leverage those opportunities then to find solutions that actually work for them and solutions that would actually help them get um, to own their dreams so thank you so much for for gracing uh, this podcast um this was a, a supplementary feature really. we just wanted to have it's not officially an episode but i know george and i uh george and you're going to confirm to the audience whether this is true but george and i will also be featuring other conversations uh we're going to be delving a lot more into what affordable housing is and we're really looking forward to bringing those conversations to you guys um, I made the exception for this one really because for me, this is something that I'm passionate about. I think I speak about it so often to a lot of the people who are in my social circle. And this idea, I think, um, has been an idea that we had shared for George, would you say two years, maybe more now? This yeah, conversation. It's taken a while, it's about two years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it's taken a, a while to, to actually get here. So. Uh, we're making some positive steps. Remember that the event, those of you who are listening, is going to be 18th of April. 
2023 and it's going to be held at the august 7th memorial park um, those of you who would like to attend uh, you can reach the secretariat uh, and just request for information or you can even just send us a, a message on, on any of our social media channels we're going to close it out here guys but we are glad um, that you're still here and listening in on us thank you so much for your time for investing to just listen in thank you we are out